Hey, cycling fam, before we get into the next episode, I just want to wish you the most amazing day. I hope that you woke up with amazing energy and that you're portraying it out to the world and that this episode makes you smile. Have a great one. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Dao, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back for another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dow, here in Chelsea, Quebec. And I have an amazing athlete who is also sitting in Quebec. And her name is Marie-Claude Molnar. Molnar? Yes, yes, Molnar. Molnar. And she is a Canadian para-athlete. And I thought that it was amazing. We have had one other athlete, a para-athlete on here. And I think that she has a huge list of accolades and trophies to her name. Um, so here's a little bio. I am so excited to bring her out. Um, as a young child, she dreamed of representing Canada on the international stage. And uh, so it was, she... Um, well, there's a book that she used to read. It was called Tenacity um, by Maurice Richard. And uh, this book allowed her to recover from a serious accident that occurred in 2009. During a bike ride, a motorist driving at a high speed hit her and she landed up with head injuries and severe several fractures. So we're going to be talking about that. She's going to talk about her experience, but that also led her to join the national para cycling team in 2009, uh, where she realized her dream of representing Canada on the international stage was going to be at this level. Even in 2019, she had the honor of being selected for the um, London Games, where she won bronze on the individual uh, individual time trial. Now she is uh, had, like I was saying, she's a this year an IT uh, time trial UCI world champion. Congratulations! Uh, she's won bronze at the Olympics. Yeah, she's a uh, world record world champion, world cup champion, 17, 27 time national champion. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. Not uh, just to mention a few, 15 times world champion podiums, nine time world cup victories and awarded the excellence of female athlete of the year from the FQSC. So that's the Quebec um, uh, Federation Quebec Sport Cycliste here in Quebec. Well, welcome, Marie Claude, to the podcast. 
Thank you, Sylvie. <laughs> Thank you for the amazing introduction. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to have you here because um, I find that, you know, and we're just going to, I'm going to uh, always jump into like how you got into cycling and your passion for cycling, mm -hmm. but also the fact that because of an injury you sustained or injuries that it didn't stop you. Like, cause I, I really do at that point, when you get to that point of your story, you know, just dive into your mindset and thought of, you know, where are you going to go from there? So how did you get into cycling back in the day? Oh, well, you know what? Cycling has, has always been part of my life uh, from since I was a, I was a kid. Um, like at a young age, every, every week I would go out um, on a bike ride with my parents. Uh, we would go and ride maybe 25, 30 kilometers. And um, yeah, I just, I just had fun. And um, cycling was just a fun activity to, to do. And I was, was helping me getting to point A, point B, uh, ride with my friends. And um, one day I, I just asked myself, well, what's the, what's the furthest that I can ride on my bike, right? And I always thought that, well, there is only one, when you ask yourself that question, can I do it? There is only just one way to find out and it's to try, right? So yeah, I, so yeah, one, one day I, I went out for a, for a bike ride and uh, well, something happened. Can we talk, can talk about it a little bit later on? But um, yeah, I, I got into competitive cycling by asking myself the same question. Can I be a competitive cyclist? Can I, can I do bike racing? And uh, I just went out there, tried, and um, I think I did pretty okay so far. Yeah, I would say so. So where did you start? Where did you live? And where were you racing? It was in no, I'm I'm not racing uh, just just in Quebec. I'm I'm racing uh, on the international level. Um, Where did you start? Oh, my uh, my first race was the the Défi Sportif, which uh, is an annual race happening on the um, the Gévenev, uh, racing track oh, on yes, in Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. So that was my first race in uh, May 20, 2009. Yeah, that was that was quite some time ago <laughs> like 12 years uh -huh. ago already oh gosh um yeah that was that was my first race and, and um, from there the the result was was good that I got uh, invited to uh, to do international team for the world championship that very same year wow. so did you race before your accident absolutely not oh I I, I had really? I had never been no I had never been in uh, in a competitive sport um I always I I've always been a very active person and I've been I've been taking part in several sports in um when I was in elementary school when I was in high school um I played in a hockey team when I was uh, in high school but um and we had a couple of tournaments but I, I hadn't no I had never been uh, racing on a, on a bike before and never I, I had never been a, a high performance athlete before I started uh, competitive cycling in 2009. Wow okay okay so now let's go back to we don't have to rehash the accident mm -hmm. but um you I mean you can explain to us your injuries 
that led you to think about becoming a para-athlete? Like, how did you start yeah. thinking about like, can I get back on my bike again? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that whole thought process of from the, from the accident to like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. getting back on the bike. Cause I often think like, if I ever had an accident, like I know that I could always get on my do like cycle at some capacity. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so go back. Uh, do you mind? No, no, absolutely not. Um, oh, I'd love to hear I, it. <laughs> I remember reading in um, in a horseback riding magazine because I I'm, I'm a big fan of horses and I I love uh, horseback riding and I remember reading that when you fall from your horse if you wait too long before going back on you will just develop a fear of of getting back on your horse right and I didn't want that to happen with the cycling so as soon as I got the green light from the from the doctors to to um to ride to ride my bike i just went outside with um and and rode my bike um i remember the first ride that i did after the accident it was on september 4 uh no september 1st 2005 i went out with my dad and it was rather cold so we, <laughs> we didn't ride for long but it was it was an important step for me to to take in order not to develop a fear of riding my bike afterwards so um I'm glad that I got that uh, dealt with um, rather um, soon after the accident. The accident left you with what kind of injuries or I guess mm-hmm. disabilities? Um, well, the, uh, the injuries were actually really severe. Um, I sustained a light head trauma because I was wearing a helmet, which I always do. Um, and um, I had 20, 24 fractures in the in left leg. So today I'm the proud owner of a metal ball that is actually in my leg permanently. <laughs> and, what? Um, a metal bar, like a, a metal oh, bar. Oh, a metal ball. Is, so uh, metal bar. Yeah, metal ball. So that's replaced one of your your tip. Your... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It would help the the the, the bone. Uh, reconstruct or just uh, solidify itself or something uh, and um, also both my arms uh, I had what they called a partial amputation um, because um, well because of the impact um, I crashed into the windshield actually that's what I've been told and uh, well you know windshield is, is made of glass right and it, it cuts so there was that much skin holding my arms to my to my body so that's what they called a partial amputation so those are the injuries that i sustained um yeah so i was so i spent is that, the why next, you're, uh, is that from your your right arm uh both of them actually yeah so that's why i have these uh these scars which i called um uh abstract art ah. <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah so from there you but did you not how did you get your balance back and your your ability to stand like was it immediate or did did you have to work on that because you would have to have that before you got on a bike to be able to uh, yeah well uh yeah it was it was well 
it's it's been a work in progress for a few weeks after the accident because well after the accident i spent uh, i was three weeks uh, in the hospital like not moving at all uh of course i could not walk and i could not use my arms because they were they were stuck in uh, um i don't know what's the word in english but cast a cast yeah kind of cast um but after those three weeks uh, I got uh, sent to uh, the um, Montreal Readaptation Institute, where I've been working with um, ergotherapists and physiotherapists to um, to work on the on the muscles, uh, so my arms could could work, so I could start to walk again. So there was a lot of work that's been done there, um, five times a week uh, in the gym. So had to walk uh, long distances, uh, a few steps. And uh, that's that's how I, I regained balance. And then at one point they said, okay, well, you can start on, on the stationary bike exactly to, to see uh, how balance was. And uh, balance was good. And uh, injuries in my leg were, um, were quite um, uh, fixed. So uh, they gave me the, the green light to start riding my bike. And like I said, I mean, I, I wanted to get back on the bike as soon as possible <laughs> yeah. and not, not being afraid of going back on the bike. Right. So how long was that period from like when you had the accident to that first ride? Uh, well, the accident happened uh, on July 12th, 2005. And I went back on the bike on September 1st. So it was actually like wow. a month and a half. Okay. So I'm picturing like years and that's, that's a fast recovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was, um, I can be really stubborn. And uh, <laughs> when they were telling me to make one step, I would do three or four or five. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that helped a little bit. <laughs> I see. I see. I got it. So, all right. Now you got back on the bike, but I, I love that persistence, right? Because look how fast it got you there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like yeah. that's amazing. Cause when I was reading about like your accident and so I was picturing like much longer uh, rehabilitation mm -hmm. period for sure. Not like two months, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. wow, that's amazing. Um, so now you got on the bike, how did you find yourself think, like you said, you, st you started thinking about being competitive. Like, where did that start? Where did those thoughts start coming from since you had never been competitive on the bike before? Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah. there was a, a poster in the, um, the physiotherapy gym and, uh, it was a poster of, uh, of that competition called the Défi Sportif. Um, and, um, there was a guy on the poster and he, he, um, he had one arm and he was still riding a bike. So I looked at that poster every time that I go in physio and I'm like, I was wondering, well, if, if he can do that, could I also do that? So, you know, I just started, started to, um, ask myself the question and, um, well, eventually, I would I would go out and uh, and, and try. Um, I, I had uh, I had a chat with uh, Louis Barbeau from the uh, the Quebec uh, Cycling Federation. Okay, how did you How did you know him at that time? 
<laughs> I didn't. I didn't know him at all. I I, I, I didn't know anyone in cycling um, except for someone I had always considered to be like a, a mentor for me in uh, in cycling, uh, the athlete Lynn Bessette, uh, the ex Olympian. Okay. And uh, I said I, I was. <laughs> it was funny. I was in Australia in two thousand eight, and it was the uh, Beijing Paralympic Games. And um, I saw I saw cycling competitions, and I started doing some research on cycling, cycling, paracycling, stuff like that. And I sent um, Lynn an email saying, "Hey, uh, my name is Marc-Claude. I had an accident. Uh, I'm interested into uh, competitive cycling, but I don't know how to start. Can you help me out?" She put me in touch with uh, with Louis, um, who explained to me what paracycling is, the different categories. And he said, um, well, we have, uh, we have two coaches, so you can uh, select to, to work with one of the coaches. And so I started working with, uh, with Eric van der Leyen, who had been uh, one of Lynn's uh, coach. So I started working with Eric, and uh, that's how I got into cycling. Oh, I see. Okay, because I'm like, you don't just fall into being a para-athlete <laughs> like, by chance. <laughs> okay, no. so you're in Australia, you saw the Paralympics, and you're like, yes. hmm, what if I could be an athlete? And you reached out mm -hmm. to the right people, did some research. Yep. I love it. Okay, now and that's where Louis I guess said you have you, in order you have to because I know that Diffie is like kind of like a selection uh competition so mm -hmm. that's where you went in 2009 okay yeah. you had a year to train did you train yeah I started I started, I started training in uh, November 2008 so it was a couple of months before the race yeah Okay, so you're training for that race. Mm -hmm. You got some awesome results. And now take us from there. Like, <laughs> and okay, yeah. what category of para-athlete are you? Okay, I am a C4 paracyclist. Okay, break that down, C4 paracyclist. Para yeah. What's the C, what's the C stand for? Okay, well, C stands for cycle, meaning that I'm using a bike that is not um, modified. So any any bike from a from a bike store, uh, it, it's what I ride. And four is that? Well, um, the the C category is divided in five subcategories. So it goes from C one to C five. The C one athlete is the athlete who's um, a little bit more um, impacted by by his or her handicap, whereas the C five athlete could practically be an Olympic athlete. So I'm a C four, oh, and it's because your leg and your arm that puts you in that category, or is it your um, head trauma? Or yeah, it's it's the it's the entire it's the entire thing. Um, for a classification, there is a process to to go through. So there is a first um, exam where they where they look at you. They they make you do exercises, uh, balance exercises, things things like that. And then the second step is uh, having a look at you um, on the on the race course. 
So they see how you write, they, they see uh, how your balance is, how you react and stuff like that. And uh, with these observations, they can afterwards uh, say that, okay, you belong into that category. So that's, that's how they, uh, they put me in the C4 category. Um, and I forgot, I didn't mention this before, but my daughter was kind of recruited as a para-athlete in Ontario as a visually impaired. So that's okay. like the whole tandem thing. And I uh -huh, got to yeah. be her pilot for a bit. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And then now she's got uh, a coach on the Ontario side. I was just like a, okay. a stand-in for a little bit until they found someone. You know, just to get oh, to practice on the on the tandem. Yeah. So, and I got exposed to um, uh, the category. So it's it, it there's a lot of them. Um, oh yes, there is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of categories. Yeah. So I was like, can you just explain yours? Because I was also helping out another. Um, uh, she was a trike cyclist, so she had like a, a head trauma. Um, and uh, Gautier, her perhaps, huh? Shady Gautier. No, she's Maybe. not, she's not, uh, she's still in the um trial phase. Oh, for, okay, okay, for the like, but on the Ontario side, so um, so yeah, so I was like just curious now. Okay. All right, so you made it through um, the defeat, and then where mm -hmm. did you go from there? Uh, from there, wow. From there, a lot of things happened. Yeah. Uh, well, first, I mean, the World Championship, the same, the very same year that I started, uh, that was, that was, was really awesome. Um, I went on Where the podium twice. It was in um, uh, Bogoyo in Italy. Oh, wow. So, not a bad place to start, right? <laughs> oh, I guess. Was that the first time you traveled? Uh, no, it was not the first time I traveled. Well, it was the first time that I traveled for cycling, but it was not the first time that I traveled. The first time that I traveled, I went to Australia for six months. That was my first yeah, that's trip right. ever. And that's where you... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was my first time in, in Europe and uh, it was so amazing. I mean, the coffee, the people, the culture. <laughs> the coffee. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Coffee. Yes, cortado. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Hey, 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 let's take a mini break because I have to tell you about this unique online cycling coaching program that's going to blow your mind. This is your fast and easy way to become a better and stronger cyclist by joining an online 16 week cycling training program geared towards improving cycling skills. My name is Sylvie Dow, your podcast host and level three national cycling performance coach. I have been coaching this unique 16 week program every winter since 2006. Why did I create this unique 16 week program? Winters were harsh and still are here in the region. No one likes or liked to work out alone in their basements until the world of online cycling really took off last year during COVID, which has been a game changer for cyclists worldwide. So why would you sign up to a 16 week online road cycling training skills program when you could be riding inside? Well, here's the thing. 
There's this little known thing called the four key pedal strokes. Hardly anyone is talking about, but when you learn and use them, you will see a huge difference in your cycling performance, not to mention improve, impressing your friends and yourself. First, why are you training on a trainer this winter anyways? What are your goals? Do you want to get faster? Could it be moving from 18 kilometers an hour to 20 kilometers an hour? Do you want to win that sprint? Are you looking to get stronger on the hills? Do you want to now be the first to the top, not the last? Is it your endurance base building? Do you want to move into a faster ride group? Or maybe you're looking at getting into racing. Whatever the goals, they require specific skills that need to be taught and practiced in order to improve. I've coached over 500 cyclists in this program with a reported 5 to 20% increase in cycling fitness over the 16 weeks. Here are a couple of reasons that this program might be for you. You're still frustrated with climbing hills and keeping up with the pack. You like structure and scheduled training sessions. You like to train in your cycling zones. Your heart rate is all over the place. Possibly you want to optimize gear changing and learn a little bit more about that to become more efficient. You would like coaching feedback on technique and form. Joining a cycling skills program like the 16 week program can provide more benefits that will help drastically improve your cycling fitness through focused training in your heart rate zones hill climbing, speed, endurance, while building up fitness through the 16 weeks of periodized winter and strength training program. Go to 16wkroadcycling.ca. That's 16wkroadcycling.ca for all the details and to join today. The program starts in December. Now, back to our episode. So, um, all right, so we're talking about the... Yes. Yeah. The first world, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I have to remember what we're talking about. Um, No, no, no. I've I've, I've talking about coffee. Yeah, I better not start talking about coffee. Um, So from there, yeah, uh, yeah, to 2009. I mean, uh, yeah, the results were were still super good, and uh, I got to be selected for the para para the the para pan American Games in 2011, which were in Guadalajara. Um, where I posted a super fast time in the individual pursuit on the on the track. Uh, yeah, that was a world record. Uh, wow. Totally not expected, but it was it was it was amazing. And uh, well, 2012, I I had the honor of uh, representing Canada at the Paralympic Games. That was super exciting. I I just remembered. Um, the when I when I put my my feet in the village, it was just so amazing. It's it's just incredible how how big how huge it is. Like you get you you go to a, to a race. There's like two hundred twenty three hundred athletes, and then you go to the games, and there's like four thousand athletes. So like four hundred four thousand people just being at the same place at the same time for the same purpose which is giving everything that they've got to to come back home with with a piece of metal um a medal I mean. <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was an incredible experience and i i got the well yeah i got the i got the chance but i there was well there was still a lot of work that w- that had been done to get there but uh, i did come back with a uh, bronze medal um in the um 
individual time trial on the road. Uh, that was that was just amazing. Yeah. So you, that's 2012. Yeah. So you are you compete on both the road and the track because I saw yes. that there's a. Are you more so on the track, or do you just do time trial on the road, or or do you do road? racing like a road race or do you just do time trials on the road no 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 no. i do i do both the time trial and the road race but um i'm really more um focused on um on the individual time trial on the road and uh, the individual pursuit on the track okay. so those are your your key events yes yes they, they are my key events yes I was, I was wondering if you were just on the track because I saw you like more photos, I guess, of you mm -hmm. in the track than no, on no, the I, no, I really do both. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a $100 question. <laughs> um, I really, I really, <laughs> yeah, I really like both. Um, but um I can't, I can't say there is one that I like more than another, but I mean, both, the, both the, well, maybe, maybe the, the road time trial is the, um, the race that I, that I like the most because to me, it's the most difficult race as in like, you're really by yourself, right? You don't have any other cyclists to, to protect, to protect you from the, from the wind. You have total control of your effort. And yeah, you, you really have 100% uh, control on, on, on what you're doing on the, on the, in, the, in the present, right? So, so for, for, the, for those reasons, uh, it's my favorite race. Yeah. So now we're, um, so you currently competed. You didn't go to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Damn, eh? Are you, yeah. are you training for the next Olympics? Cause that's like in three years. Yeah. It's not, it's not too far. Not uh, too far. At the, at, at the moment I'm, I'm really focusing on uh, the world championships in 2022 because they will be in uh, Quebec. It will be in Bécomo oh, actually. Yes, that's right. So the focus is really there for the, for the moment, but I know, I know that Paris 2024 is not, is not really far, but I'm really focusing on next season for the moment. I guess that would lead me into the question as to what's next and <laughs> on the agenda for you. And that well, what's be... <laughs> yeah, what's next and what's on the on the agenda? It's really uh, having well, and, and we're going to have a um, we should have a World Cup in Quebec City uh, the week before the the World Championships. So I'm really oh. looking forward to those uh, to those races. It's going to be exciting and i mostly hope that uh, uh there will be a couple of thousands of people coming to cheer for us it's nice to have home advantage right mm -hmm. like so where do you yes. live right now are you in, in i'm not in, i'm yeah i am in quebec uh i am uh, in the, a town called longueuil it's on uh, montreal okay, south shore so so yeah. suburbs Okay, yeah. so you're not Quebec City. You're you're still in the Montreal area. Mm -hmm. Yes, Montreal. Yes. 
So you're gonna have to. So are you gonna be taking off for the winter to train all in somewhere southern? Taking off. Uh, <laughs> or do you get to uh, sit on your trainer all winter in Quebec? Uh, well, there is a lot of trainer involved, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I mean we have we do have a, a considerate amount of snow, so um, I'm going to be taking advantage of my fat bike, uh, my cross country skis, my snowshoes, right. and yeah, rollers and, and the trainer. Yeah. I love the rollers mm -hmm. more than the trainer. Absolutely, yes. The, the feeling too. is just more real. Yeah, I find like you can just go faster. Um, I love like, I think it's more the mental focus of staying mm -hmm. on the rollers for longer. And yes. uh, I, I, yeah, I picked them up again um, two years ago. They've been sitting in the garage and I'm like, yeah. And I know that this is going to help me get faster, bike straighter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> straight Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you're a fan of if you're a fan of uh, of a fat bike, riding the, the 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 rollers is fantastic for well for balance, of course. Yes, balance, mental focus, mm -hmm. speed. Um, yeah, yes. I love them. Uh, so now we've got your agenda. I was wondering if you could talk more about. Do you do any um, like? well maybe not so much in the like in the past year and a half but have you always been somebody who went out and did just like um like uh I want to say like speeches or talks like to um high schools have you ever um done stuff like that like mm -hmm. a motivational speaker mm -hmm. um yes i have actually i um i have uh, i have the pleasure of being um with a program called Joué gagnant um from the uh the the quebec um sports uh, institute um and uh i i visit uh, elementary schools high schools uh colleges sometimes and yeah i get to meet students and tell them my story and and hopefully um, inspire them to uh, to be active and to give the, the best of themselves yeah I've been doing that and awesome. I love it. I didn't even realize that. I was just asking, but that's really mm -hmm. inspirational. I guess you haven't been doing that as of late. Are you going to start that up again? It started again not too long ago and it's nice. it's a real gift. I mean, mm -hmm. getting to uh to to speak to the to the students, it's it's just amazing and just watching them looking at you when you when you speak, their reaction is it, it's priceless. It's priceless. What kind of advice would you give someone who, you know, I know like in the audience, you might spot someone who you think who's, you know, maybe sitting off in the corner. What would you say to that person? Like to inspire them to, you know, just go for their dream or maybe you Maybe you are talking to a group of um, mm -hmm. kids who are disabled. Like, mm -hmm. what do you say to them? Yeah. Well, I what, what what I what I would say to them is um, I would tell them, um, what do you have to lose in trying? Like, like you can you, you can you can try you can do your best, and 
you know, there can be there can be many roads that you that you can take to reach your objective, right? And it's not because the road is not straight that it means that you will not realize your objective or you will realize your dream, you know. Uh, you can be on a on a winding road, you can be on a narrow road, you can be on a larger road. But I mean, as long as you keep putting your feet forward, as long as you keep trying and and working well and believing in yourself, especially, uh, I mean, eventually you will you will reach that that objective and you will have done it and you will mostly be proud of yourself for you know for not having given up when it was difficult and for have for have um for keeping going because i mean along the way when you've got a challenge facing you of course you have two choices you can either stay there and not do anything or you just roll your roll up your sleeves and and you continue you, you find a solution and yeah, in, in the end, you're just you're just proud of what you've ju you've just realized, and that's something that's making you better as as a human being, and it's just it's thoroughly making you stronger as a person as well. Love that choices. You got two choices, A or B. One's good. One's not so good. <laughs> yes. Which one are you gonna go? <laughs> go go exactly. forward, or you go backwards? Mm -hmm. But. Oh, wow. I love that you're doing that. Like I was, it was just um, out of, like, I didn't read that anywhere, but mm -hmm. that's exciting that you're doing that. Now, are you, is that part of your, now I know as athletes, have you set yourself up to have like, is that part of like a business that you're uh, working towards or you work specifically with this company or um for conferences um i i work with that uh, with that program but um uh, if 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 uh, for instance a, a company would be uh, interested in in having me to um to be a, a keynote speaker in their event or something i yeah for sure i would be i would be interested cuz i'm always i'm always curious and this this might be personal <laughs> <laughs> I always I always ask questions, but because you are a full time yeah. athlete, a full time mm -hmm. pro yes. athlete, um, where's the money come from? I I'm sorry, I just have to ask. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. does some come from Canada? Like, as an athlete, like as a small salary, and you mm -hmm. draw another one. If you don't have to answer this, like I I'm this is like pure curiosity mm -hmm. from my and maybe others. But as a pro athlete, like in your, in your, um, like in your shoes, yeah. how do you make all that travel? I know that Canada, like as, or maybe it's Quebec that funds you, that they, certain mm -hmm. things are covered. Do you mind talking mm -hmm. about that? No, no, absolutely not. Um, I mean, <laughs> I get, I do get a lot of help uh, from, uh, from Canada uh sport canada uh they have uh they have uh, cardings and uh well to, to get a carding there are um specific um criterias that that you have to uh you have to to achieve 
And uh, yeah, I, I do have a lot of support from uh, Sport Canada. And of course, uh, Cycling Canada also helps a lot. Um, when, we, when we travel, for instance, um, a lot of costs are covered, thankfully. <laughs> and um, I, also, I also have the, the, the real privilege of having uh, personal sponsors who help me with, with uh, equipment, um, services, um, financial support is for every athlete it's something that it's difficult to find and um, a way that I, that I that I found to um, to maybe get a little of, uh, of finance financial support is um, well for example um, one of my sponsors um, makes uh, sports socks and uh, I got some custom socks made and uh, I will have some to to sell to to sell soon on my website and it's it's a oh, way that see. I can that I can make some sort of fundraiser for my next season. So yeah, uh, yeah I encourage people to, to visit my website. Yeah, well, when, I uh, did notice and, uh... that there's a shop there. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so make and... sure you go visit that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a way to uh, to get a bit of uh, of money, and um, I also uh, work. Uh, I do work um, partial time, uh, not full time, of course, because I I, I can't do that right now. Um, so I work part time as a um, social media manager. Uh, oh, this is online. Yeah, and this is yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's online. So um, yeah, so a digital strategy. I do a bit of uh, video editing, a uh, couple of photos, and uh, yeah, social media managing. It's 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 a lot of fun, and uh, it allows me to uh, to gain some professional experience also, which is very important. Wow. Yeah, because I was wondering, something online definitely has to be part of the portfolio, right? And how to mm -hmm. make some money while you're traveling i don't know if yes you know if you have time yes. so is cycling cycling canada and no cycling canada and canadians you said there is two organizations yeah, yeah yeah well there are there are sport canada that helps sport canada there's a cycling cycling canada cycling helps canada. also and right. uh, the, the quebec federation also helps so yeah there there is there is support thankfully <laughs> yeah well I'm glad to hear that because I'm always curious um I know every every athlete's different now for sponsorship is that something that you personally went and sought out like found or did they like come to you um most of my sponsors um it's it's people i i went to see uh and uh yeah i just i just took a chance i mean what's the worst that can happen right the, the worst that can happen is that they they tell me no um <laughs> so i just you know i i um i look at um at companies i, I look at what i need and um something that's also really important to me is to have um, have, uh, to be supported by people who are close to where I am. Uh, like, uh, like I, I try as much as possible to, uh, to buy local. And so I apply the same principle to my sponsors as much as possible. It's not always possible, but, um, yes, yeah, as, as much as I can, I, I try to, to make that effort. So, so it has 
it has a little bit more meaning, you know, to, to be supported by, by someone in your close community. Keeping it local is definitely the, mm -hmm. if you can, like you said, as much as you can, but yes. sometimes you have to go to the United States, I'm sure. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so awesome. I don't have any more questions. <laughs> Are you surprised? I'm surprised. I always have questions. <laughs> but I'm, I'm so excited. Like, I'm really happy that we were able to make this happen. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any lasting words of wisdom for us before we call it a day? Oh, a word of wisdom. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> <I'm> ready, Claude. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, if, if you're wondering if you can do something, just try. You know, nothing get no, nothing bad can happen. You know, just just try and and uh, keep uh, keep having faith in yourself, keep believing in yourself, be resilient, and uh, just don't give up and never stop being a seeker and take action. Ooh, I love that. Never say no. Never take no as an answer. I would say, you know, there's always a way around it. <laughs> yes, yes, there is always a way. But There's yeah, always that's... a way. You just asked my yeah. dad when I was a kid. Never took no. This way, <laughs> that way, this way, that way. <laughs> like... uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's good. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. So grateful to have you on as a guest. And thank and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning yes. in to today's episode. Don't forget to follow both of us on social media. Um where are you, Mary, Marie Claude? Where I'm at, uh, where I'm. Oh, you have Instagram. Sorry. I was looking at the <laughs> yes. wrong spot. Yes. Oh, we're both on I'm, Instagram. I'm, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Same with yeah. me. Just Google our where... names. You'll find us. <laughs> yes. Yes, actually. Yeah. So thanks everybody so much. Have an amazing day and don't forget to subscribe wherever you, where you, wherever you listen so you don't miss another episode. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks, Cecilia. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.